0: Hey everyone, this is CJ. I just wanted to uh, give a heads-up before we get into the episode in Um About halfway through, we start discussing Trans Awareness Month, uh, which is this month, November. Um, and with that, we uh, touched on the subject of the deaths of Black trans women. Um, and while that is indeed an important subject, we are three white people talking about this subject, so if you are, say, a person of color or anybody else who does not need to hear three white people talking about that subject, we completely understand. Um, if Once we get to discussions about Trans Awareness Month, you can feel free to uh, fast forward for about five minutes and by then we'll be done talking on the subject uh, bearing in mind that we don't talk about uh, like the specific deaths we don't get into descriptions uh, just the discussion is about um, more about like what people can do during this month in order to be better allies in general um, but again if you need to fast forward or if this also just isn't the episode for you um, that is absolutely fine we completely understand and we'll catch you some other time Thank you very much. This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of transphobia, including in-school environments and mention of hate crimes, and genitalia. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jen and, I don't know, sometimes Jay, Nowadays I've been putting off saying that on the podcast because I thought it would be confusing with CJ and Jay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did not invent the letter J, so, like, I feel like you're good. And also, even if I did, like, you can have it. <laughs> It's fine.
2: I like J and, J and CJ has like a ring to it for sure. Yeah,
0: we sound like <laughs> a uh, like a Disney Channel TV show. Yes, um, that our, would be the
2: show that Disney truly needs to bring queer you. representation
0: to that channel. thank you. That's what I've been saying for years. But anyway, my <coughs> name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in plotting whatever it is to set people think it is. We're doing.
1: Uh, so CJ, what's on the buy schedule today besides coming up with a new um rad show for Disney Plus?
0: We <laughs> that in itself covers so much territory, but there's so much more because we're interviewing Ariel. Woo! Yay! Hello. Who is also a Disney princess. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, my hair was red for a while, and I got that constantly.
0: Yeah, I'd have to oh, imagine. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Jay will lead us in a game. Um, so yeah, that's that's the schedule. This intro, <laughs> I really love all the different paths it took.
1: we have like, derailed a bit.
0: I, we are not confined to an intro, okay? We can do our own thing. We're like jazz.
1: We're queering the concept yes. of an intro.
0: Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so how are you,
2: Aria? You want to play exactly with on the page. Um, I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm it is my first day off in a while, so I'm mm. excited about that. Nice, nice. think world domination is always a fun day to, way to spend a Saturday.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Want to tell us just like a little bit about you?
2: Uh, yeah, I am 24. I live in Brooklyn, New York. Woohoo! I work for a Starbucks uh, full-time, but I also have a blog uh, where I've been Talking about my experience being a trans person, growing up, Uh, I've been getting into public speaking recently. Uh, Also talking about similar issues and trying to figure out how I can tie advocacy into my everyday life.
0: Yeah, well, you do uh, that pretty success. We, I, I feel like this is like the first time we're like hearing each other's voices. I think because we've been Facebook friends for like a podcast. That, I mean, besides that, like, we're this is the first time we're in, like, vocal conversation with each other, even though we've been, like, Facebook friends for a good bit. But,
2: yeah, yeah, this definitely is, because we've never met in person to my knowledge.
0: Nope, nope, we sure haven't. But I <laughs> just, like, following you on there, it seems like you do so much advocacy work, like, you've worked with, them, um, GLAAD, and, um, that other organization who's, Name takes a second, and I'm just gonna, I'm not Googling it, I just am typing unrelated on my computer, and the answer is the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Community Center.
2: Yeah, so that, that is the um, the LGBT Community Center in Manhattan. I interned there, and then I had a, a position at GLAAD uh, following an internship with them where I mm-hmm. was focused. Specifically on documenting trans-homicide um, and correcting inaccurate and defamatory reporting about trans people, specifically those who were killed.
0: Wow, Ooh. that is really excellent
2: work. Yeah, yeah it was heavy and I, I I loved doing it, but it wasn't something that I felt like I could do forever. Sure. Because it was just so personal all the time.
0: Yeah, that, makes that, sense. That, yeah that seems like a very intensive career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, want to tell us about your queer journey? Oh, the the path, the winding road that led you here?
2: Oh my god, the very winding road. Uh, <laughs> so, I knew that I was not a little cis boy when I was four. Uh, I looked up at my mother, and she does not, she remembers this, but she does not see it in the same context that I think I meant it. Mm-hmm. But I told her, Mom, when I grow up, I want to be a girl because I want to be a mom not a dad um and throughout my childhood I always had like friends who were girls I was always more interested in theaters and I was in sports and more interested in playing with dolls and I was with like whatever boys (laughs) that boys are supposed to play with um trucks I guess sure I guess (laughs) I gotta I guess
0: what is gender, but um, not toy trucks. They're like actually driving vehicles. It's it's wild. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Oh yeah yeah yeah.
2: They're, oh, hundred percent. Like they're like their fathers like take them behind like a wheel of a pickup truck when they're like three, and they're like, "Now you drive." That's so <laughs> <boys are> great. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and just my entire childhood, I really I knew that I was different, but I didn't have words for it that young because they're really wasn't any queer representation or specifically, definitely a you know, trans representation in you know, 1999-2000 when I was a wee little trans girl. And so I had no idea what being trans was. And so I started hearing oh, you're gay from people in my class when I was eight. Uh, mm-hmm. cause they learned what that was and thought it was really fun to tell any young femme male presenting person that he was gay. Sure. Uh, so I started getting bullied for that For from the time I was eight until the time I was 16 or 17. Uh, and when I was 17, I decided that I'd had it with being bullied and for being gay, even though I knew that like, I wasn't really attracted to men. And I came out as gay because I was just so done with it. And I was like, I brought my mom and dad downstairs uh, and I couldn't even get the words out. And my sister had to tell them for me, and she was like, "Oh, I don't you know she doesn't know if she's gay or bi, but she has a boyfriend right now, and I, I did have a have a boyfriend at the time, even though I was not interested in him. Oh, right. um, and over the next year, I just started falling apart and unraveling because I think I really expected to feel more at home in my body. When I came out as gay, because I was like, "Oh, like I'm obviously queer, so coming out as queer is going to help me, even if I don't necessarily know or can't acknowledge the exact flavor of queer that I am yet." Mm -hmm. And everything got so much worse. Because at that point, not only was I out as something I didn't identify as, I also had previously been like dating women, and then I was like, "No, I'm gay. I can't date women." So I was like absolutely fucking with my like, romantic life which is really you know it's important in high school a lot of high schoolers are really tied up in their crushes and mm, that was right. important to me and things got really out of control I got really depressed um, I got asked to leave my public high school because I stopped going to class and my life just spun out of control and I got sent uh, to wilderness therapy and then a therapeutic boarding school uh, where I eventually came out as trans uh, at this boarding school and was very quickly outed to my parents who were told that I was giving it for attention and okay. told not to pay any mind to it and were told that uh, devalidating my transness would interfere with my therapeutic process and hinder any, any progress that I could make. Uh, so they had that idea. And then the whole time I like, got boarding school, I was trying to transition, trying to be recognized as female, trying to be called Arielle, have people use she her pronouns for me. And at every turn, staff were being told that they weren't allowed to and that I wasn't actually trans and that these weren't things that they should validate. And it was just feeding into my immense need for attention. Uh, So when I got out of boarding school, I was like, fuck that. That's garbage. Uh, But I don't think I had the knowledge I needed to transition just yet. And so it took about eight months of me just wrestling with this. And then finally, when I went to college, I was like, you know what? This is a time that I'm not going to live on anybody else's terms anymore. I'm going to live on my terms. I'm going to do things the way that I want to do them and -hmm. just be myself. And so I walked onto Ramapo College campus, uh, which fortunately was one of the only colleges at the time that had gender-inclusive housing for incoming freshmen. Ooh. And so my, uh, my roommates were, yeah, were four uh, cis women and one non-binary person. And I told them before I started that I was going to be living as Ariel and that I was going to be using she, her pronouns. And I went on that campus for the first day as a Ramapo College student. I put on makeup, I went downstairs, and I introduced myself as Ariel, and I have never looked back. Uh, and that was about four and a half ish years ago now. And I am so happy to be myself.
0: Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, it sounds like things got a lot easier and just better in general. I mean, not easier, I get, but like just better in many ways because you were able to like be you in an environment that didn't suck so much. <laughs> yeah. A.K.A. be oh, openly yeah. transphobic cuz boy, that sounded yeah, like a fucking transphobic. Um so, so where are you at now as 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 a gay?
2: As a gay. Um so I worked for grad for about a year between my internship and my paid position that I was offered after and after that I Continue with Starbucks, where I've been since leaving high school, actually. Um, and they're a super trans environment. They offer the most comprehensive trans healthcare plan of any employer in the U.S., to my knowledge.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so it's a really great, it's a great place to work as a trans person. Uh, I started doing trans-inclusivity trainings for the managers within Starbucks. Uh, so I did my first one officially about a month and a half ago, and I'm doing another one in a couple weeks. Uh, And I started a blog called Trans and Caffeinated, and it's all about my trans journey. And it's my way of trying to, A, increase visibility and representation for young trans people and make people understand that trans people can lead these happy, fulfilled lives that I had no idea that trans people could live when I was first coming out as a trans person. Um, And I'm using that space to create a conversation and to make trans people feel seen to help parents understand that their trans children can be happy, that their trans children have valid identities. Uh, My mom just actually did a guest post on the blog about her experience with my transitioning. And it's people, like friends of mine, have been sending it to their parents. And it's just, it's the kind of work that I I really would love to be doing uh, full time. But I'm just sort of just starting to pick up like my readership but it's really exciting
0: yeah I've I've been reading the blog and it's absolutely lovely and I really um enjoy the uh work that you're doing and I imagine it's why you have gone more in like the public speaking and like advocacy direction because like I totally agree that so many of our stories as trans people to cis people are they lead lives that are fraught with peril and misfortune (sighs) and like a life of feeling bad in our bodies and like Mm. and it's like okay well you know half of that shit is happening because y'all are being transphobic right and that's
2: the one that I'm always trying to drive home is like it's not because I'm suffering because I'm trans because I'm suffering an asshole to trans people
0: <laughs> exactly and it's like it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where like they decide that being trans is difficult and therefore they make it more difficult for us mm, and it's mm-hmm.
1: like you oh know there's God. a
0: solution for this
2: right <laughs> like stop being transphobic
1: i don't know maybe question mark yeah. yeah it's like um the people who are shitty about a transition and then they're like it's just because i'm worried about you and it's like you know why?
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like, there's, there's ways to be worried without making that the trans person's problem. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, like, things are tough for us right now because of transphobia. Like, things are tough for the queer community because of, like, homophobia and bigotry and all of that. Like, yes, those are very legitimate problems, and since those problems aren't going away tomorrow, it's absolutely fine to be worried, but you don't have to put that on the trans person. You can, Mm -hmm. you can like journal about it or talk with like a, probably like the best advice I ever got as a um, ally for other communities that I'm not a part of is if I have questions or concerns, don't put that on the person in the community. Mm -hmm. Talk with like, Uh for instance, talk with fellow white people. Like mm-hmm. if I'm feeling frustrations about racism and stuff, talk with fellow white people about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Or and like yeah, you, don't and, put,
0: don't burden folks.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, and it's like you can do the same with like trans folks. Like if you're nervous that like the second I go outside I'm gonna get murdered, don't put that on me. Mm-hmm. You don't have mm-hmm. to talk about that with me, or any of the times that people are like. Oh, CJ, you're trans, right? So you want to hear this story about how my mom was being transphobic? <laughs> and it's like, I don't. Oh <laughs> no, I don't. I so don't. Mm-hmm. I way way don't. But it's like, <laughs> uh, like being able to like uh, have like create a space like a blog or <laughs> like a podcast to um to be a location where people can go to hear queer voices and like hear queer experiences directly without interrogating queer people like i think that's really uh good work on your end to be like you know what yep i'm gonna talk about it
2: (laughs) i think it's it's just so important for us to be able to have our voices heard and a really authentic way. So a lot of times when our stories are told, they're told by cis people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now we're we're finally having shows like Pose that are telling you tr- these trans stories in a more authentic way. You know, Janet Mock is working on that show and really helping inform those stories. And the majority of the actresses are trans women of color who are telling their stories in a much more authentic way but before that we had like the danish girl with eddie redmayne who was a cis white man who, mm-hmm. what does he know mm-hmm. about being a marginalized
1: person can i can i be real for a second what does eddie redmayne know about anything
0: in general yeah yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> acting definitely <Right>? not yeah <laughs> <Oof. laughs>
0: Scorching hot takes about Eddie Redmayne on (laughs) my agenda. Yeah, and it's like, that's what uh, months like Trans Awareness Month are for. I mean, we should be doing Trans Awareness all the time, blah blah blah, the usual take when it comes to blank awareness days, months, weeks, Sure, But Mm -hmm. November is uh, Trans Awareness Month. Um, Yay! So, go get on out there. Assist people and get educated about trans people because there's stuff about us everywhere in general but particularly get, this yeah. month of november mm.
2: and get educated not only that but you know use your worry use your your concern that you typically are uh, that a lot of folks put directly onto trans people and instead use your voice as a assist ally to get out there and talk about the importance of combating transphobia the importance of elevating trans voices and the importance of standing by trans people and allowing our voices to be heard. That is how, like, cis folks can really stand by us and help folks be more aware of what it's like to actually be a trans person, not just all of this shit that they hear in media about what it's like to be a trans person.
0: Yeah. Um, I always see the um, that statistic going around where they're like, you know, like, Trans women only, like, particularly, like, black trans women only live to 35. And it's like, okay, well, you're just spreading an inaccurate statistic for cry cry points. Uh-huh. Uh, cry cry ally points. And cry meanwhile, creating a cesspool of like, you're only going to live to your mid 30s for like trans people and people of color. Like, do you realize what posting that like does for? the people around you and just posting that with, like, nothing about, like, how to help or anything like that. Like, okay, maybe instead of point- posting that, donate money to a trans woman of color that you Ooh. know. Or, like, ask around, find a trans woman of color to give your money to. Yeah, well, and also,
2: and that also, um, so when I was with God, I worked in this campaign called More Than a Number, and we came out with a report, but it, it was all about how in these reports of black trans women being killed, we're not focusing on their lives, we're focusing on the number of them that were killed that year, and it almost becomes a a contest in some regards, where it's like, oh, well, this year 29 were killed, uh, but the next year, 24 were killed, so clearly transphobia is dying. Like, that's not what that means. That means that we just have fewer reports. Like, I don't want to know about these, how many trans people were killed. I want to know about their lives. I want to know about the environment that are being created that lead to these homicides? About all of the factors that go into it. How do we battle that? Not how do we mark a, a tally every time another trans woman is killed, and, and then at the end of the year have Trans Day of Remembrance, where we say, "Oh, 29 people were killed this year." Like, who are these people, and why are we just letting them die every year? And why why are these people not doing anything about it?
0: Yeah, like why are we prioritizing making a statistic about it over combating it.
1: Yeah, we could use the day of remembrance to remember them and <laughs> so, like, remember of just... them. Yeah. Oof.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh this November and every day, go research, advocate, uh just I guess journal about your feelings or something. Journaling's helpful. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, so, Ariel, what is something you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time and then you never have to hear about it again?
2: Um, don't ask me what my genitals are shaped like. I don't know. I don't ask you.
0: Ooh, a
2: uh, good I, one. People are constantly, like, I, I decided to just be, like, incredibly open about it past a certain point. I was like, yeah, I still have a penis. What about it? Because that disarming openness has stopped people from asking. But the reason I started doing that was because people would be like, so if you had wink wink the surgery and I'm like I had my hernia repaired last year yeah what about it you you have one (laughs) but I don't ask just people like oh do you have a vagina like I don't just go around doing that why does like I I, just to set people you have don't have the right to know what my genitals look like just because I'm transgender
0: yeah oh my gosh the fucking fixation on like uh all right you came out as transgender and now you're going to do a bunch of stuff and then once you do that stuff that grocery list of things then you will officially be that gender and it's <sighs> like okay well besides the sheer number of financial barriers there um mm-hmm. i don't owe you that no one does no one owes you I that
2: transitioning and it's, it's uh, for trans fan people it can be like north of one hundred fifty thousand dollars sometimes beginning oh. to end like who has that kind
0: of money yeah yeah absolutely and like th- there's a lot of stuff that insurance doesn't cover even for all the stuff insurance does cover so it's mm-hmm. like a- and that's even that's even taking for granted that people have health insurance which is not always mm-hmm. the case
1: and also like what if people just don't wanna
0: <laughs> why do people just don't want to yeah i just
1: that's just such a creepy concept i
2: i didn't want bottom surgery because the recovery is so difficult and Mm. stressful and there's a lot that goes into it and it's really fucking expensive and i felt like the people were telling me that i had to want this Mm -hmm. for a long time and i had to just dial it back and think like is this actually something i want but for people knew that i hadn't had bottom surgery they would ask me oh when are you finishing your transition i was like what do you mean i'm a woman like i've always been a woman just because you don't think that having a penis and being a woman can be can coexist that doesn't mean that i'm not a woman just because i haven't had bottom surgery yet
0: yeah like it's it's a one-step shop did it is the person a woman Yes, then yes, congratulations, they're a woman.
1: Yeah, besides being such a creepy, like, fixation on genitals and a terrible way to view, like, gender and transition, the idea that you can, like, do a a set of tasks and then be done becoming who you are, like, regardless of, um, uh, I'm so frustrated my words are leaving me. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> it's like, who's ever done becoming a person? Like, who's ever who's ever finished? Like, who wakes up one day it's like, well, I'm me this way forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I never have to change again.
1: Like, physically, mentally, like, in any capacity, just the idea that anyone could be, like, done is weird to me.
0: Like, there's no end goal for being a person besides eventually everybody dies.
1: Yeah, so why is it that suddenly, when it's like, I'm not cis, that people are like, ah, now you have a set of goals, like, and you have to complete this checklist?
0: Ugh.
2: Also, like, hot take, like, humans are constantly evolving, and that's okay, and, like, even cis people are different when they are 5 as when they're 25, you know, you would know. Exactly. Um, and, you know, people who are extremely, like, even cis women who are, like, extremely femme at age 20 may decide to shave their head at age 30 and be like fuck femininity I'm done with this and still be a cis person like just because people aren't trans doesn't mean that they're not doing some of the same things they just have a different connotation when you're trans and with trans people when we do those things we're like okay what's next but you don't say with a cis person like oh you just shaved your head cis woman what's next you don't say like (laughs) what other way are you going to transgress gender after this what comes after
0: yeah
1: exactly see you phrased it so much better than me <laughs>
0: it, it's holding trans people to a different standard um than cis people about like mm-hmm. earning our gender and that sucks don't do mm-hmm. it see i'm also really eloquent <laughs> <laughs> That's,
2: no but like you said it really well i mean it's just people con- gender is something that is constantly policed Mm-hmm. especially in trans people. And there's these, this huge movement, especially among trans friends, where we don't owe you femininity. I don't owe anything to cis people mm-hmm. to practice femininity. And for a long time, I wanted to for myself. But then recently, I stopped wearing makeup and I felt so self-conscious. And then I realized, like, fuck that. Why am I trying to live my life for cis people? Like, if I don't want to wear makeup, I don't have to fucking wear makeup. And yeah. I'm not going to let people police my gender just because I have decided that i Don't want to express femininity in this way anymore. It doesn't make me any less woman.
0: Hell yeah.
2: Or less trans.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Alright, so, (laughs) Ariel, what is on your gay agenda?
2: Um, uh, I want to end gender. I'm just, like, tired of it. I think everyone should be able to just do what they want. I think that we are past a point in society where we can keep confining people to, like, these Boxes and forcing people to these gender roles and setting expectations for them when they're kids because so many of the problems that we have in society, these systemic issues are created by the white heteropatriarchal paradigm that, you know, tells men from a very, very young age that they are going to be leaders and that they're strong and that they're powerful and that. You know, they they don't cry, they can't have emotions, and then tells women that we have to be submissive and that we have to do what men tell us and play with dolls and be pretty and feminine and girly. And all of that's over because so many of the problems that we have in society stem from those issues that we instill in kids from such a young age. And then they never unlearn them, and that's how you get people like Donald Trump in power mm-hmm. who has this aggressively unchecked masculinity and narcissism because he's never been taught that anything he does can ever be wrong and never been held accountable for his, for things that he does wrong. And a lot of young boys especially are not taught that they can ever be wrong, and that just creates these egomaniac narcissists mm. that are currently – in power, in all of society.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um... Just, yeah, to add to that, and Ariel, correct me if I'm wrong, Ariel, everyone, Ariel is not saying end gender as in if a trans person comes out to you, just be like, oh, well, gender's a construct anyway. Mm. Yeah, no, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't be shitty. Don't be <laughs> shitty. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the just... The... all all the shit we've been putting on gender as like something that yes is a social construct but also does exist and like has an impact on our day to day as Mm -hmm. people all the shit nonsense that we've put on it definitely we need to fucking take care of that like it's Mm -hmm. like gender can absolutely exist and also we need to correct a lot of stuff about it
2: yeah don't don't people into gender boxes mm-hmm. and expect them to perform those for their entire lives. And I think, I think that's more so, I like, thank you for that clarification. That's more so what I mean when I say and gender. Yeah. It's just stop forcing people into these tiny restrictive boxes because in the system of gender that is currently laid out for like, these are like young boys and young girls. in that binary. There is no room for anyone to be different. And people are, there's nobody, there's no winners among Those people, like trans Mm -hmm. people, yeah, obviously we have it difficult because we have to transgress the norm and fight transphobia. But also cis people also are confined to boxes Mm -hmm. and have to fit into these norms for their entire lives. And just because they're not trans doesn't mean that they enjoy it or don't struggle with it.
0: Yeah, or that it's not negatively impacting their lives, whether or not they're cognizant of it.
2: There's no winners in restrictive
0: gender boxes.
1: Yeah. We just gotta chill about gender.
0: <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. just chill about gender. Chill about gender. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Jay, you want to lead us in a game? All righty.
1: So, uh, because, uh, of your blog, Trans Encaffeinated and, and you're also a, also a, uh, barista? Barista? What is the actual... B- barista. Yeah. barista? It's one of those words, I read a lot, but don't hear a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I do that too. Uh, I never heard
1: this out
0: loud.
1: (laughs) I put together a little little quiz game that I call uh, the Queer Coffee Quiz.
2: Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, So... (laughs) This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I took... That simplified version of our um our um oh my gosh, why am I forgetting every single word? It's a rough morning for my brain. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> you're okay, you're okay. I took LGBT, which is, of course, a simplified version of like the name of our community because there's a lot more letters than that. But for the sake of a quiz on a podcast, we're sticking with those four uh, and uh, I'm gonna give you a clue. That is in reference to something related to coffee, um, but also what that letter stands for in, like, the queer name. Um, so for example, if I were to say... Wait, can you clarify? Wait, can you say that again? Yes. (laughs) I'm gonna give you one clue that is in reference to both what that letter stands for in, like, LGBTQ+, um... And a coffee thing. So, for example, if I were to say um, a brewed drink prepared from roasted beans that is not cisgender or heterosexual, the answer might be queer coffee. Although, for for the purpose of the the um, letters, it, uh, that's why it's called queer coffee quiz. <laughs> but the rest of them all actually start with those letters. So, cool.
0: <laughs> I, I think when we're in it, it uh, okay, all okay, okay, will reveal I'll, I'll, itself.
1: Yes. Okay, um perfect. as always, I'm terrible explaining things, but once we get going, it usually becomes clearer what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, perfect. I'm, and I'm CJ uh, CJ was not part of the creation of this quiz, so they can be your lifeline.
0: But I don't know anything about coffee, so I don't <laughs> know how helpful I'll be. I'm 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 one of the the hot leaf kids. Okay, I <laughs> drink tea. <laughs>
2: okay i mean that's one as well like he is also great
0: Mhm. i just had I a mango know. ginger one and it was delicious
1: <laughs> i don't know anything about coffee either so it's gonna be a very easy quiz <laughs> 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 are you ready for your first clue i am so ready for
2: my first clue
1: okay a type of coffee made with espresso and steamed milk made by a woman who loves women <laughs> it sure is. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Next clue. After roasting coffee beans, you need to send them through this machine, which shares a name with a dating app popular amongst gay men. <laughs> so we can,
0: you, can tell a quick backstory here? Yeah, go for it.
2: I, I, I had a barista when I first started with the company, and he was very queer and i was trying to make him laugh and i was training him and (laughs) we were grinding coffee and i take him over to the grinder i was like this is a grinder we're like sort of like gay tinder and he (laughs) laughed and i got a smile out of him uh this one is gay grinder
1: it is all right we're doing great so far okay a person who works in a coffee shop and makes espresso based drinks and also is attracted to two or more genders bisexual barista Hell yeah. Alright. Our final one, which um, I think is a little more niche of an answer, but it sounds like you have the perfect experience for it. Um, Despite its name, the smallest coffee size at Starbucks. (laughs) As somebody who is very short and also um, is not cis and has trouble identifying with my name, I relate, Starbucks cup. Uh, Wait,
2: but I'm trying to think of the like it, it, it's short like the the size is short but what's the letter
1: oh no did the internet lie to me about starbucks cups <laughs> i think it did oh
2: is it like a
1: transgender tall yeah. yes
2: yes because there's, there's a short size below that as well <laughs> really?
1: oh the internet didn't tell me about yeah. that size
2: and good it's like call- the tallest most readily available starbucks size but we do have a short
0: i didn't know that good to know
2: Mm-hmm. The more you
0: know. Hey, there it is.
1: All right. Well, you nailed the queer coffee quiz.
0: Yay.
1: <laughs> thank you for playing.
0: Yeah. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, would you like to take this opportunity to plug your uh, blog again?
2: I would, yes. Uh, you, you can either follow my blog by going to com and clicking subscribe at the bottom of the page or you can go on Facebook type in trans and caffeinated it's a Facebook group with me holding a giant trans flag uh, and follow my blog I try to post at least once a week
0: yeah go follow yeah. it It she 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 makes a good blog <laughs>
1: <laughs> alright Jay uh, if you want to tweet at me about how to earn more cry cry ally points uh, you can find me at twitter At underscore Glitter Goblin underscore. Uh, I link to my other social medias from there.
0: Cool. And as always, you can find my gay agenda on iTunes. Uh, If you're already in that neighborhood, why not give us a rating and subscribe? Uh, Just send it to to everyone you know. All all the cry cry allies. Um, (laughs) And you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter and on Patreon, much like... Rachel the bisexual no I was gonna say not barista but she's actually been a bartender before so I'll say the bisexual bartender Higgins. Heck yeah. At, at a certain level on Patreon uh you can get a shout out at the end of the episode and my sister chose to use that as an opportunity to make me come up with a new nickname for her every episode. <laughs>
2: Oh my goodness, a so bisexual bartender right now? Yeah. Yes. I love it.
0: For the purpose of this episode, well, yes. Well,
2: bar- barista is Italian for bartender, so if you say bisexual barista and she was a bartender at one point, it, it
1: still works. Hey. Oh, dip. I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. Uh,
2: my... The more
0: you know. Yeah, honestly. We learned I'm learning so, much. so much this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we truly are a queer education podcast. <laughs>
2: Oh my god, it's perfect, it's
0: wonderful. Education is so important. Yeah. It is. Alright, All right. uh, Jay, wanna start us off?
1: Alright, until next time, put this in your gay agenda. Fight the power, love yourself, dress how you wanna dress today. I'm sometimes afraid about putting on fake eyelashes, cause I think people will think that I'm a cis lady, but, like, I fucking love fake eyelashes, and I'm a cute boy with yeah. big eyelashes. <laughs> And that's our gay
0: agenda